This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. everybody welcome to this week's edition of youth baseball talk brought to you by the rope trainer as john smoltz says everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers and if the hall of famer john smoltz is into it so am i make sure you check them out theropetrainer.com very happy to have everybody back with us this week and for all the new listeners make sure you check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com it is the website that houses the podcast Uh, you can catch up on back episodes you can see what's going on with some of our weekly contributors such as justin stone rick strickland domingo ayala uh hear from them and uh check out some of the great sponsors of the show like the rope trainer Uh, you can check them out at ropetrainer.com of course the pitch hitter who brings you domingo each week the pitch hitter.com you don't want to be semi-pro you want to be big time so make sure you check out the pitch hitter.com very excited about this show um i uh I've been doing some shows lately where I've had some people that I respect very much within this community come in and we talk about anything from just being an overall sports parent to being a parent to being a coach that may coach your son or daughter uh, to just basic conversations about the actual reality of what has went on in our lives as it pertains to youth sports, mainly for this topic of conversation, youth baseball, of course. Um, when I was younger, I played hockey in high school. I played multiple sports, like uh, I hope most kids try to do if, if that's what they choose to. Uh, I played hockey, baseball, soccer. But um, when I played hockey, uh, I had made many friends, like you know, which I think is one of the best parts of being in, involved in youth sports is the the friendships that you make and uh, you know teamwork, all that kind of stuff. I, I love all that. I think it's all so important. But some of the friendships I've made still last to today, and they may not be people that I see all the time. But certain people that through the wonderful world of social media, whether it be Facebook or anything, you can kind of stay connected to. Uh, one of the guys that I had played high school hockey with who I always thought a lot of, I remember when I was younger, he was – I wasn't the biggest guy by any stretch, um, but I was bigger than him. And he was probably, admittedly, a little bit smaller than most, especially for the hockey world. But, man, he was tough. And he had the respect of everybody out there because of how hard he played, what a great teammate he was, what a good person he was. But he was a good player, and I think he would admittedly say he was a good player because he worked so hard. Um, you know, he'd do anything, great teammate, and just the kind of guy that you really enjoyed your friendship with as well. And obviously, you know, when you're in high school, things change. Uh, you know, you don't see people for a while. So I didn't see uh, this gentleman for a while, but we kind of reconnected years ago, kind of was following him on Facebook. You know, he's got a great family. Uh, doing lots of interesting things, and I, I started to notice that uh, obviously he became a involved in the mixed martial arts and training martial arts kids, but he took it a step further, and what I was really intrigued by was is that he really approached the mental side of what, I, I'm going to butcher this, I know, and I'll let him uh, correct me later, but I guess through a discipline of what it can do for you mentally, not just physically, and I started noticing that he would put out these videos where he would talk about being being just an overall good person that can contribute to society or contribute to your family, contribute in the workplace. I mean, countless just quick videos of things that would inspire you to try to be the best person you could be. 
Uh, as I watched him progress over the years, he's kind of taken this thing to a whole new level to the point where I'm proud to say that he is now a member of lineupmedia.fm and has his own show. And he is the Kickin' Life Guru. So uh, I want to welcome him in, uh, Rich Grogan, the Kickin' Life Guru. What's going on, Rich? And how you doing, Jim? Well, thank you very much for that uh, wonderful intro. We've got uh, goosebumps over here and smiling uh, ear to ear. Thank you. That, uh, that meant a lot to me. Well, no, I, it's the truth. I, you know, I know um, I had mentioned to these guys here about you and how impressed I was with the stuff you were doing. And basically it was from afar back in the day before the podcasting and before I started Youth Baseball Talk. But the reality of it is I always used to watch yourself, and I used to be impressed, and I used to feel kind of um, inferior, to be completely honest with you, and I, I, in a good way because I think it made it made me think. It made me stop and go, man, am I doing everything I can do the right way? And I'm not just talking about it with Youth Baseball. Me as a person, you know, I mean, you really sparked that interest in me uh, to pay attention to what you were doing. And then obviously it was uh, so profound, really, of what we were doing. And and it was engaging to me. So, um, you know, my purpose of wanting you to come on today is the fact that I've told my listeners numerous times that I feel that, um, and I think a lot of them would agree with me, that baseball, in my opinion, is the most mentally, dema- I mean, it just beats you up. It's a mentally demanding sport. I mean, it's a game of failure. And uh, something that you talk about at great length is the mental preparation for everything in life. So I thought maybe you could come on today as we've been talking to a lot of parents about uh, their relationships with their own kids that they've been involved with. Because let's face it, we all typically somehow or another get involved. It might just be as as mom or dad, sure. but we get involved. So I thought you could bring a really neat perspective. Obviously, I want you to tell our our listeners a little bit about yourself because um, I would love for, for everybody out there just to check you out because I think your stuff is so uplifting and inspirational. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and kind of how you became the Kickin' Life Guru. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Uh, the, I want to touch on the first part about uh, – Fear and fear, the little acronym of false events appearing real. Sometimes, not sometimes, oftentimes, fear is what holds us back from doing what we want to do. And that fear of failure and most events that we fear in our mind never work out or come out as bad as we happen to think they are. But that fear is what holds people back. And as you mentioned about you know being inferior, hopefully I don't uh, strike fear in anybody. My goal is to motivate and inspire people. And the fact that you just mentioned that uh, that kind of sparked you to maybe do a little bit more, not only with youth baseball, but yourself personally and your family, man, that's rewarding. That's the best compliment I could ever uh, ask for. And that's kind of the whole purpose of the Kickin' Life Guru, the Kickin' Life Show, and everything I try and instill with people is that belief in themselves, that respect for themselves to live their best possible lives, kind of our mission statement, if you will. And the whole part of that is, as we know in society today, we're inundated with negativity, and whether it be the media, whether it be our own uh, struggles, whether it be the fear of failure, and uh, and those things beat us down to the point where we don't want to get back up because we don't want to get knocked down again. Well, the whole idea behind the Kickin' Life Guru or the Kickin' Life his life is going to knock you down, especially baseball. We'll touch on that in just a minute. Uh, baseball, obviously, if you uh, fail 70% of the time in the big leagues, you're, you're, you're a millionaire, but you're still failing far more than you're succeeding. So how do you get over that mental hump? Well, the baseball, just like life, is going to knock us down, regardless what happens. If uh, Now, obviously, if you stay fine in your comfort zone, yeah, maybe you won't have any failures. Maybe you won't experience uh, letdowns, but you're never going to grow either. So you're never going to reach your fullest potential to be the very best you can be. We're all capable of doing outstanding things. There's over 7 billion people in the world, 7 billion, but there's no one just like you. 
Each person is different, unique in their own ways. You know, everybody's got their own abilities, their own talents. Well, most of the time, due to fear, and I want you guys to remember this, fear, the acronym, false events appearing real. We build these fears up in our mind, and they uh, they pretty much paralyze us from moving on and doing what we want to do or are able to do. And it's mostly fear, not only own fear, but fear of what others think. And uh, that's just kind of, that's not the best way to live your life. Now, is it easy? No, but the reward is there. You know, the thing that I love about you, to be completely honest with you, and it's funny, I kind of put you on the spot today to, to do the show. I know. Oh, well, I'm actually, to be here. not Thank today. You. But, I mean, we talked about you doing it yesterday when I saw you in here doing your own podcast. But, you know, we really didn't talk much about what we were going to talk about. And you, I know you wanted to. And I told you, I said, it's going to be easy because what I want from you is pure honesty. And what I want is what your thoughts are of how we help. It's, there is no, like, quick fix for any of the stuff that we talk about on this show. It, you know, I always say it's a marathon, not a sprint. The thing I love about you, to be completely honest with you, is that um, I see you and in, in how you do this, and I can see it back when you were a junior in high school. <laughs> well, no, the thing is, and, and I mean that because I was the senior— you were the underclassman, so to speak, but yet you were the example to everybody. And it was how you it was how you played, it was how you carried yourself, it was how you approached it. And it, so it's not fake with you. I, and again, I, you know, I'm not here to say who's fake and who's real. I, that's not what I'm here to do. But I know you personally. And again, I, admittedly, we probably didn't talk for I bet I didn't talk to you for 15 years. Yeah, and that was the beautiful thing you mentioned about social media and then the bond. And and parents out there, that's the bond of being and having your kids in something, not sitting at home playing video games, not sitting at home by themselves, but getting them involved in sports. And not only baseball, but football, hockey, golf, uh, martial arts, of course, anything you can get them involved in where they have a chance to connect with others. Because like uh, Jim said said here, um, we – well, in high school, really, really good friends. We did a lot of things together. Hockey was one of many, many things. And uh, But after high school, you kind of drift off in your own direction and things happen. And, we, yeah, it's 15, maybe even 20 years. But uh, we ran into each other a couple times in town here, and it was like, you know, 15, 20 years was like 15 or 20 days. We just reconnected right off the bat here. And that's the power of being in a group setting with others. And, uh, and of course, connecting with people that, you're al- uh, that, that you assimilate with, you know, that you're alike. And uh, we were actually were talking at lunch today about you know, you're the product of the four or five people you surround yourself with the most. You surround yourself with positive, upbeat people who are always striving to be better. They set their standards high and continue to work to uh, achieve those high standards. Well, they're going to pull you right along with them. However, on the adverse side, if you're around people that are, you know, always down, always negative, always complaining, regardless how positive you may be, those people are going to pull you down because, you know, the, the peer pressure of the group. So out there, uh, parents and, you know, I, we're going to talk about some of these things, but I'll give you a little tease. Uh, big part, and I'm a parent as well. I've got three kids and uh, was an athlete. Uh, Jim gave me probably more credit than I deserve. I thought I was an okay hockey player, but, uh, um, uh, well, Brian Sutter, growing up with Brian Sutter, those that know who Brian Sutter is, totally blue-collar hockey player, uh, just a total workhorse. Well, he was my idol. I was number 11 in high school, and I grew up on a farm, so I was a farm boy. Dad was in the military, which, you know, Dad and I did not get along very well when I was uh, a teenager, which I know most teenagers don't get along with their dad. Uh, I love my dad to death now. Uh, now that I've gotten a little wiser, I realize that all he ever had was the best interest for me. 
You know, it's amazing. Uh, that's an example of your character. Now, what I'm going to suggest is, because I'm willing to bet that the majority of our listeners don't know who <laughs> Brian, Brian Sutter is. If you are if you live in St. Louis, you knew who he was because he was exactly as you described him. He was a guy that could that would score goals, but he worked hard. Nobody outworked him. He played hard. He, you know, I, no matter how hurt he was, he played an absolute guy. Well, yeah, and an, the kind of guy that everybody should want to be like. Now, the thing is, what I find interesting is, is that most people um, would say, like if you're familiar with hockey at all, like, well, my idol was a Wayne, Wayne Gretzky, Gretzky yeah. or a Brett Hall or a Mario Lemieux. For you, it was a blue-collar, hardworking guy. And that says a lot about your character. And, again, I, I just want to say that, uh, again, I'm not here to say who's a, who's a liar or who's embellishing or who's – you truly are who you are, and that's why I respect you, and that's why I really wanted you to come on today. Well, I appreciate uh, that, Jim. And, and to be honest, it, it's, it's, it's tough – um, being who you are. I mean, that's probably one of the toughest things because you fear too much about what other people think. But I'm telling you out there, everybody, you, God-given talents, use those. You're one in seven billion. And I'm actually, if I can mention it real quick, writing a book. The book's called Square Peg, Round Hole. Uh, why fit in when you were born to stand out? So kind of the whole premise of everything we're talking about, be you. Don't always fit into places just because you feel, well, I have to. No, no you don't. Be a leader. Set that apart. Is it easy? No. But I'm telling you, you're going to live a better life because of that. And uh, Zig Ziglar talks about all the time, if, you, or if you're hard on yourself, you're going to make life a heck of a lot easier. If you're easy on yourself, then life's eventually going to catch up and it's going to be hard on you. You know, listening to you talk, um, you know, with the time that we have here, I've, there's three things I wrote down that I want to touch on, and I want to, I want you to, you know, give me your thoughts. The first thing is this. Um, listening to you talk, the thing that goes through my mind that I use occasionally with people is uh, because, admittedly, this is who I am. I Admittedly. Um, the uh, what if I fail? I'm not going to do this because what if I fail? I want to tell my kids and I want to tell my players, uh, I want to tell kids that look that may or may, for whatever reason, may look up to me for advice because I have coached so much. I want to say to them, but what if you succeed? And uh, I want them to understand that. Uh, how do you, what's the best, you know, where am I going with this? How do you make them understand that because that sounds kind of deep I guess is where I was sure. going like you know it's like you know you look at a kid and, and you say you know because that's what they're thinking you know what if but but I can't or you know that's the key thing right I can't like so what sure. if I fail and you want to say to them but what if you succeed right well the the mental side I know you mentioned that earlier and uh, part of what I try and do with the martial arts is uh, a lot of times people think martial arts just like any sport is just pretty much flopping your arms and legs around well, the martial art is the art form of the mental and emotional side. Because regardless who we are, we've got emotions. Some days we're mad, some days we're glad, some days we're sad, some days we don't feel like crying, some days we feel like punching a hole in the wall. That's just emotions, that's human emotions. But you have to learn to channel and, and uh, uh, harness those emotions. Well, the same thing with the mental side. If you continue to feed your mind with negative thoughts, I can't, I'm no good, I'm ugly, I struck out last time, I'm gonna strike out this time, I'm no good, nobody likes me. If you continue to program those things in your mind, well, that's all you're going to think about. So you're going to focus on the negative. Stinking input leads to stinking output, and the mind obviously controls the body. On the other side, I can, I will, I know I'm going to do this. Hey, you know what? I'm going to give my very best effort. I'm, and I always, uh, kids I talk to, I never say try. I don't buy trying because trying, if you 
fail or you don't succeed, you can say, well, at least I tried. No, I want you doing. I'm, I always tell kids and adults, no, I want you to do it, not try. The reason, if you're determined to do it, you're going to continue that determination until you get it right. Now, is it going to happen the first time? Probably not. Second time? Eh, maybe. Third time? I don't know how many times because everybody's different. But if you have that determined mindset and that mental attitude of I'm going to do this thing, you're going to do whatever it takes, work hard enough in order to make it work as opposed to, well, at least I tried. Another part of that is is parents and coaches. We have to motivate in a positive way. Now, something we do all the time, I call it, uh, the acronym is PCP. It has nothing to do with you know, drugs. <laughs> That's an interesting one, I Rich. Know, now, hang uh, on. I, sp- I, I spoke very highly of you on this thing, okay? No, PCP. It stands for praise, correct, praise. And what you're doing is you're wrapping that correction up between two buns, if you will, of, of praise. So you may say, hey, you know what? That was a great stance. You went up there. I liked your cut. I want you to do this this time. Have a little more confidence, a little more focus. You know, hold your hands just a little bit higher. All right, now, let me see that. That's awesome. That's what I'm talking about. So you've helped them, but you haven't belittled them. Because I tell you, when a kid strikes out or a kid makes an error in the field, there's nothing you can say to them that's going to make them feel any worse than they feel right now. All you can do is make them feel, <laughs> uh, all you can do is bury them. They're already down. So don't do that. Try and build them up. And that's kind of the acronym, praise correct, praise comes from, because you're wrapping that. Another thing, nobody likes being criticized. So I've kind of tried to change that around and say, well, it's constructive criticism. Well, constructive is supposed to be building, but you're building up a criticism. How about this? Constructive structuring. So constructing, now you're structuring them to be stronger as opposed to that criticized word. And that's all wrapped up in that uh, acronym PCP of helping them believe in themselves mentally, physically, and emotionally and helping them succeed. And as you mentioned, how do you get that? That's that fear that's ingrained. And we all have it. You know what? Be honest, coming onto this show, and, and you know, I've known you, <laughs> I felt really good these last few weeks, and we've really connected here and doing my show, and I feel pretty comfortable talking behind a mic and in front of a, a, a computer, or not computer, I'm sorry, a webcam, yeah. a phone. Yep. And, uh, but every time, I've got that fear. Man, what if I stumble? What if I don't know what to say? What if I freeze up? Those fears are there. What you have to do is you have to condition yourself to overcome those fears. Think about all the good, like you mentioned, can happen as opposed to all the bad. Now, does that happen overnight? No, but neither do any of our habits. We've conditioned ourselves because we're not born with any habits. You condition yourself to let all the fears win, or you condition yourself to have the success win. And uh, that's all through many little, many, as in small, conditioned habits. You know what I've seen in baseball? Uh, and what I try to tell kids, and it's a great line in a movie, you know, there's various baseball movies where they touch on this, but the, the, what the gist of it is and what it comes down to is, is that, you know, if the failure didn't hurt so bad, the success wouldn't be so great. Right. Oh gosh, that's great. And, and, you know, I, I say it when we play golf all the time, like especially if somebody's struggling or something and they hit a great shot, and I'm like, well, that was good enough to bring you back again, wasn't it? Because people, you know, they get frustrated, but for kids, You know, I tell them all the time when they have some great success, I'm like, see, it's there. But if you think it's not going to happen all the time. So you kind of almost have to learn to live with the, let's face it, the every game failures. Now, for me, uh, what I've struggled with as a coach, and this is where you get into some of the gray area of whether it be, and, you know, forgive me for these terms out there because I hate labels and terms, but travel ball, select ball, triple A major ball, double A ball, single ball, whatever it is, you know, is a kid that never has any success, is he maybe doing something he should think about taking a step back from? Again, I'm not the end all there. I don't know the answer to that. I think it's always personal choice. My hope is, is that every kid at some juncture has some sort of success 
to build off of so that he can see, well, yeah, that, I mean, that feels so good. And I tell him all the time, it only feels that good because you fail. Believe me, if it was easy, if it was all success, it would get all, it wouldn't, you wouldn't care. And that, that brings up a point. How do we appreciate a sunny day? Because we've had a rainy day. Sure. You know, if every day is a sunny day, every day is uh, sunshine and rainbows, then, you know, it's just the norm. We have a rainy day, like, oh, man, it's a rainy day. Well, the next day, man, I'm so glad it's sunny today. Well, you wouldn't appreciate that sunshine if you didn't have that rainy day. So, and, and I'm saying, yeah, sometimes rainy days get you down, but think about that. Hey, we've had eight, nine days of sun, and we need the rain. So think about how that's going to build you up. And that's that same darn thing you just mentioned there, Jimmy, about uh, the you, you're never going to appreciate the success as much if you didn't have to fight to get there. Now, life's all about fighting, as we know. You're going to get knocked down, especially in baseball. Like I said, seven out of ten times. And, and I know younger kids, their average are a little bit higher. But still, you know, 50%, even at a young age, you're not going to be successful. So it's all about telling them, trying to condition their mindset, hey, you're not going to get a hit every time. I'm not trying to bring you down, but I'm going to let you know it's okay. I just want you to do your best. And if you don't get on, no big deal. We're going to go back and work on it. I think the point you brought up, though, is, you know what, and this was for the parents. Not every child is a baseball player. I'm not saying don't have them play baseball, but and I'm guilty of this. That's why I'm sharing this with you. We can't live vicariously through our child. We can't push them. My oldest son, and I loved hockey. That was my favorite sport. And I'm like, okay, when I have a son, he's going to be much better than I am because I'm going to use all the things that I've learned and all the mistakes I made. We tried for two years. He didn't like it. Now, it was crushing, but I can't force him to do something that he doesn't want to do. Now, he turned out to be an extremely good football player and but uh, took too many beatings. And then now baseball, he's still playing, but he loves the game. And as a coach and a parent, I pushed him probably a little harder than I should have. And that's where I'm coming to parents now and trying to tell you, look, don't push them to be their best, but don't push over that line, okay? They are not you. They are their own independent person. They have their special talents, things that you'll never have, but they have that. You know, same thing if the kids aren't. Uh, brief little quick thing. I know we're kind of out of time here. When I mentioned everybody's got their special talent, I just read uh, as part of a book the other day. This uh, parents they couldn't figure out what to do with their daughter. She had, she was diagnosed with all the ADDs, ADHD, and and I'm not a well, I'm not going to go on that train. I'm not a huge believer in that. I think that's the kids do that because they haven't found their niche yet. You know, I've got I'm sure if that stuff was around when I was a kid, I'd be diagnosed with all of it. My my mom told me the same thing. Yeah. I would have been you know goodness it, gracious. She, you know, she allowed me to live through it. Not listen. I'm not here to say that people aren't dealing with things right. out there. I, um, that's not my point. My point is, yeah, I, I think they, I'm, yeah. they haven't found their. So anyway, um, the, the girl went in and they tried her in sports, tried her in this and that. Well, they had her sit in a room and the counselor came out and said, just, just watch this. They turned on some light music and the girl got up and she was dancing and it was like, oh my gosh, it was beautiful dancing. Then she started singing and they found out right then and there, bang, she's not an athlete. That's no big deal. She wasn't, uh, um, you know, extremely good at school. But here she is. Well, anyway, this girl goes on to, and I forgive me, I forgot her name. I should have looked it up. But she's led just about every Broadway production. Boom. But her dreams were almost crushed because they're trying to cram a square peg in a round hole. So what I'm saying there, parents, is I know you want your son to be the greatest baseball player in the world. And, and maybe they will be. But if they're not, don't hold that against them. Keep trying to find something that's right for them and let them be them. You know, for me... I've always tried to look at the word failure. Like uh, I've had a guy on the show, Steve Springer. He's a phenomenal uh, talking guy when it comes to the mental side of baseball. He's, he's got an unbelievable story to tell. I mean, he was that kid that undersized, cut, never made a team. That 
finds himself in the big leagues with a nice career. You know, not a superstar, but just an unbelievable tale, show. right? Yeah, an unbelievable tale that he can tell, and he tries to help people. And, you know, he and I have talked at, at numerous times about some of the different things. And what I get out of it as a coach and a parent, well, let me take that back. What I get out of it as a coach versus when I'm a parent is how we view failure. Uh, what was interesting was I had a conversation with uh, a friend of mine not too long ago about basketball. It wasn't even baseball. And he said, yeah, you know, he didn't have a good game. You know, he, he, I think he was like, you know, I think he was three for something from the floor and this and that. And I said to him, I said, now you know enough about the game of basketball to know that just because he might have been three for 20, okay, doesn't mean he played, ta- played bad. He just didn't make any shots. If you want to say his form was off or he didn't hustle, that's fine. But where I'm going with this is, is I think we put way too much in the immediate results. And that's how we gauge failure and success. So for me, and where I'm going with this for whether, you know, whether it's you out there listening, and I'm talking to myself sometimes too, guys, remember this, that I, like you now, and basically semi-retired from coaching, really, except for coaching my own kid, because now they're at that, that age where it's time for them to play for somebody else. Um, so teaching ourselves to realize what success and failure looks like. I can't monitor success and failure knowing what I know about the game of baseball in whether or not he went 0 for 4. Now, the diehards will say, well, there is no other way to look at it. He went 0 for 4. Yeah, I get it. Okay, I understand that. that, that that's that's a, a, an easy definition. But what are you looking for? That changes the game. So for me, as a coach, when I'm developing kids, what am I looking for? Well, I'll tell you what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody that works hard. I'm looking for somebody that takes a good at bat. I'm looking for somebody that gets better every at bat. I'm looking for somebody that's a good teammate. I'm looking for somebody that wants to pay attention. I'm looking for things that a lot of times parents aren't looking at. And I'm not saying that it, that they're horrible people, but they need to educate themselves about what a success and a failure looks like. My opinion is if we changed what success and failure was, we might have a little bit more success at a younger age. Absolutely, and um, uh, coachable. I think you may have left that's a, that well, word out. That's the, that, that's that's the, the end-all world. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they listen. They put forth their very best effort. They're respectful. Um, something I always have when I speak to coach or teams, uh, the first thing I have them do is they're all on one knee. They're all looking here. They have the tensions up here, even with little kids. The TV's up here. And I have them reply with any comment with, yes, coach. Therefore, I know they, they heard what I said. And it's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts with a self-respect for themselves to appreciate that coaches are out there trying to help them. And we ask, hey, I want to help you become your very best, and I want you to believe in us just like we believe in you. So with that, you're going to say, yes, coach, every single time. And be like, all right, guys, you understand? Yeah, that wasn't it. Yes, coach. Yes, coach. You kind of ingrain that right off the bat. And then I do something where I make a fist, and I talk about, you know, a fist, solid, unity, strength, power, working together. Now, if the pinky finger's hanging out, that's not a solid fist. If the thumb's hanging out, it's not a solid fist. Here, all of us collectively, all nine guys are going to work together that are on the field and our other, you know, six or seven that are on the bench, we're going to pull together and all of us are going to be strong. Does it mean every time we're successful? No. But we all work together. It wasn't one person's fault. The team lost. You know, Johnny didn't lose. Now, the thing about success and failure, I want you to think about this for a minute. Failure is not fatal. It will never be fatal until you quit. However, success, that's just temporary, okay? So both are temporary conditions. Now, you never feel as great as when you win, but of course you never feel as bad as when you lose. So those peaks and valleys, we try and avoid those at all costs. Now, yeah, you love being on top of the mountain, 
but gosh darn, you hate being in the, 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 the depths of the valley there. So if you can just have like a little roller coaster ride, kind of moderate back and forth, knowing you've had the good times, yeah, you're probably going to experience a little bit of down times, but you know the good times are coming. So failure is not fatal, and success is not uh, forever either. You know, uh, where you were going with that, for sure, is something that I talk about a lot. And it's funny, it's not just sports. It was, you know, a lot of people know that, you know, I I had some guys that, that worked for me when I was at Anheuser-Busch, and the t- word that we used to use a lot was control the controllables. There are things that you can't control, but what can you control? A lot of the things you mentioned. Do you work hard? Do you pay attention? Or, or you know, do you love it? Do you want to do this? What can't you control? Well, I'm sorry, Okay. Do you think for one minute that Albert Pujols doesn't want to get a hit every time? Of course he does. Okay, of course he does. He absolutely wants to get a hit every time, but he can't, but he doesn't. Okay, what he can control is his approach. What he can control is the effort that he gives. Now, what we've been told and what is proven to us is that you know if we have all this talent, if we work hard, if we do things the right way, we have a better chance at success. Absolutely. And I think that's what we're trying to teach here, sure. whether it be pitching, fielding hitting what we're trying to do is create a mindset within the kid of if i do these things i have a chance to have success it is never guaranteed because i i I mean the game of baseball is all the way from the pro level down to the, the to the deep dark corners of little league baseball all over the world is filled with stories of guys that one day were on top and the next day mm-hmm. yep. were, were, were on the bottom and couldn't figure it out. It's because all you can do is, is do your best well, and nothing's promised or guaranteed. Always play to win. And that plane is preparing for that opportunity. I hear a lot of people talk about, oh, he was lucky or she was lucky or this was lucky. I'm not a big believer in luck. What I am a believer in is preparation met with opportunity equals success, meaning you start preparing a long time. Like uh, I've been doing these video blogs, like you had mentioned, for some time now, going out speaking to the schools and trying to motivate people because, you know what, I was hoping at some point in time I'd have an opportunity to do a podcast. And here I'm <laughs> fortunate enough to be on your podcast today. I've got uh, the Kickin' Life podcast on the Cowboys podcast, and I'm getting more and more speaking engagements. But that preparation started years and years ago, and when the opportunity presented itself, I was ready to take on that challenge. It wasn't lucky. It was preparation met with opportunity. So, you know, boys and girls out there and dads and parents out there, if your kiddo, have them continue working, always preparing, always playing to win so when that opportunity does present itself, they're ready to go. Uh, another point I want to bring up, uh, Jack Canfield talks about this all the time. He's got a little equation called E plus R equals O. The event plus your reaction to that event equals the outcome. So the event is you're up to bat with the bases loaded. The reaction, uh, you strike out. That's the event. You, your reaction to that is, oh, man, I'm terrible. I'm never going to be any good. Well, your outcome now, you're down on yourself. You're feeling bad about it. You're putting even more pressure on yourself. You flip-flop the scenario here. The event, you strike out. The reaction, oh, man, all right, you know what? The guy got me with the slider this time. Here I wasn't really prepared. I was thinking about something else. This next at bat, I'm going to empty my cup, which is just empty your cup. That's a martial arts term. Free your mind. All the thoughts drift away. You focus on success. You play it in your mind. You see the picture that you want to paint, and you go up and do that. Now, of course, that's easier said than done, but that's a conditioned response as well. And the outcome the next time, chances are it's going to be better. If not, go back and play it all over again because you're not going to succeed on the first, second, third time every time. You know, something I do occasionally on here is when we have guys on the show, to this point it's been that I've been doing this, it's just been dads like me, you know, uh, 
coach guys that coach their kids or guys that have done things with their kids in sports in some way, shape, or form, whether it was just be a parent at the game or or coaching or training or whatever. And I ask them sometimes, you know, um, you know, how's your relationship with your son in the end of it? I oh, mean, that's a great question. You know, and you know, I because I, I don't want anybody to ever think that you or I or anybody that sits in these chairs or calls in on the phone here is talking down to anybody because um, I've always said that we don't have all this figured out for sure. Uh, you know, if you want to share anything about your relationship, maybe in its darkest hour with your son, sure. just really more than anything, just so that people know that, hey, we're all in this together. This isn't, uh, I'm on a mountain here talking down. Well, and, and you get so caught up in trying to help your kids become their very best that uh, me personally, you, you, and some of you out there can probably relate to this if, you, if you're you know honest with yourself, that you lose touch of who's actually playing the game and what you're trying to help your kiddo with. Are you trying to help him become the best baseball player because you truly want him to be the best baseball player? Or are you trying to help him be the best baseball player because you want everybody to know who his dad is? Now, I'm just being 100% honest. And if you look deep enough, if uh, you're unable to define which is which, that's a little bit of a problem. Now, uh, we talked about my background. My father was in the military, and uh, he... Uh, it, it, life was tough for him, and uh, he didn't know how. Just like the rest of us, there's no manual on how to be the best dad, how to be, you know, what do you do with this kiddo that you've got now. And uh, dad was a farm boy growing up, and like I mentioned, the military, so he didn't have a whole lot of involvement with sports. I love sports. So the only way to, he thought to motivate me was when I didn't succeed, well, I guess you should have done better. Well, I guess you should have practiced more. I mean, there's uh, one scenario, and I'm not beating up my dad. I love him. I understand that he just didn't know how to do this. We, uh, uh, my senior year, we uh, lost a uh, playoff game, four to three. I happened to score three goals. I was excited about that. I was sad as heck we lost, but I was excited at least I con- contributed. And, and Dad's reply is, "Well, I guess if you'd have so- scored four, you wouldn't have lost." And <laughs> it floored me. And at the time, I'm like, "God dang, what a jerk! I can't believe he said that to me." Well. In his mind, now that I know this, all he was trying to do in the best way he knew how was to push me to be better, meaning, hey, don't gloat over what you did. You obviously didn't do enough. Now, I didn't understand that at the time. The reason I bring that up is I swore I would never do that to my own son. However, I pushed him in the other, the wrong direction. It was kind of behind the scenes about you need to work harder, you need to work harder. Are you really satisfied with that? Come on, buddy. And uh, before I know it, I had turned into my own dad, which I swore I would never do. And like I mentioned, I'm not beating up my dad. Now I realize it. I realize he was just doing the best he could do. But I was, you know, I was ashamed of myself for allowing it to go there. So if parents, if you're out there doing that same thing, you're pushing beyond where you are jeopardizing your relationship with your kiddos and you're creating distance and friction, here's the thing. They're eight years old today. In a blink of an eye, they're going to be 16 years old. And if you continue to push that and you don't have that quality time with him, and my wife would always get on me, hey, he's going to grow up soon. All you're doing is pushing him. And I'm like, yeah, I want him to be his very best. I want him to be his very best. And I stopped being a dad, and I started being a molder, which I, you, you got to lay the foundation. I'm not knocking that. He's a wonderful, well-respected young man. I've had I don't know how many people call uh, say he's a jewel or a gem. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> That's pretty good because he makes eye contact when he shakes hands with you. And uh, glad to meet you, Mr. and Mrs. Very respectful. However, I really pushed him beyond where I should have. Now, my third son, or my third child, which is another son, maybe I've kind of taken the other approach. So just try and find a happy medium. But my point is, if you feel you're doing that, and uh, men, sometimes we don't like to listen to our wives. If you've got a good wife, you've been married a long time, listen. Stop, step back, and think, my gosh, 
Am I really doing a harm to my child? Or am I really helping them? You know, um, and that's just an honest story, everyone. Well, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, kind of along the same lines of what, what you would say. See, I would say personally on my end that I look back at when I was young and I wish my dad would have pushed me a little more. Now, that's easy to say because he didn't push me at all. Now, maybe he would have over pushed and then we'd have had different problems. But see, I look back on it and think I, I would have liked to have been pushed a little harder in the right directions. Now, the reality of it is maybe I didn't give off that vibe and maybe that's how my dad saw it, right? Like, you know what? Pushing him is not going to do any good. I don't know. I, I, you can't go back, right? So all you can do is try to learn. I say all the time, there's the no point. manual. Learn. That's right. There's no manual here, right? No. And again, it's back to Coach Hendrickson says on here numerous times. And a lot of times he's talking about pitching. Anybody tells you they've got it figured out, Turn around and run because there is no exact – nobody can come on here and say, do this and you won't get hurt. It's just not going to happen. Same thing with this. There is no perfect thing for everybody. Be this way, no problems. Be this way, no problem. Be this way and there will be problems. No, it's different for everybody. Be a parent first. That's what I, That's my thing. And, if I, and listening to you, it reinforces that to me to be a parent first. Okay. Help lay foundation of what kind of person they're going to grow up to be. And the rest will either fall in or it won't. Maybe they won't be a baseball player like you might hope. They might be a doctor. You don't know that. You never thought about it. You know, I, you, you know you, it's, it's natural as a parent to look at your son or daughter when they're young and have all these grandioso dreams and, and want things for them. Who doesn't? But for me, I think that I kind of, I guess to make up for the fact that I think when you're a coach, you make up for the fact that you don't want anybody to think that, like, you play favorites. So, so I think you kind of go the other way sometimes. And I know I've done it because I've had my assistant coaches tell me before, like, hey, you don't have to overdo it with him to prove to everybody that you're not showing favoritism. But I think what I did in the end was I just let my natural feelings show, which I think we hide. And that was very simply, my kids aren't perfect. They're not going to be perfect, and not just on the baseball field, not just on the soccer field, not just whatever, you know, golf or whatever it is. They're not perfect. Guess what? They're not going to be perfect out in public either. They're going to do something silly. They're going to make a mistake. They're going to say something wrong. They're not always going to do their 100% best. But what we are going to do is we're going to try to learn because that's what I am doing I'm more than twice their age, and I'm still learning. Well, and, and yeah, we're all learning, and that's the thing. You have to have that humble approach, that mindset of learning. So, if I could offer a little bit of advice to parents, uh, I, I share this often, and I shared it in a joking manner. But um, five years ago, I, I I really was doing not a whole lot to self-educate, just getting by here and there. Within the last five years, I've read over a hundred books. Now, I'm not saying that to impress you. I'm just saying I went from a guy that didn't enjoy reading at all. Kind of, I don't want to say ever stagnant. I was always moving and doing stuff, but self-education is where it's at. You're continuing to learn, and you have to admit that you don't know something. And for men out there, that's a tough thing because we know everything about everything. But if you really look deep, we really don't know a whole lot about what we don't know. And that's not your fault. You only know what you know. So start to self-educate. Read books on leadership. Read books on parenting. And you're not going to agree with all of them. And if you get a bad one right out of the batch, don't give up. Find another one because you want to constantly move forward and be the best parent, coach, leader that you can. Now, Jim brought up a great point about pushing your son. It's uh, Part of it's rewarding to hear that I'm not the only one. The other part, it's like, oh, man, we both kind of did that. As a coach and then uh, owning a martial arts academy, my son um, 
he got his black belt when he's nine years old, which is too young for anybody. But he's been doing martial arts since he could crawl. Now, I had pushed him far harder and on the baseball field, too. And I'd always told him, look, because dad's coach, you're not playing shortstop. You're going to earn shortstop. And everybody's going to know that. When you're a black belt, everybody's going to know that because I'm going to push you. And, yeah, I'm probably going to embarrass you a little bit in front of everybody if I see you dogging it. And is that the right thing to do? I look back now and know that was doing more harm than good. But it pushed him, and I let everybody else. My mind was, I'm not going to set you up where all the other kids hate you because, oh, daddy's the coach, so now you get to play shortstop. I said, they're all going to know you've earned it, and no one's going to want me to treat them the way I'm treating you. So long story short, he gets his black belt at nine years old, and he's excited. What does he do? He goes to school, and I got a black belt. And the first thing a kid says to him, and I told him this was going to happen, he said, oh, well, yeah, you're a black belt because your dad's the instructor. And Austin goes, why do you say that? I said, Austin, that's why I pushed you so hard. You tell him, come to the studio and he'll find out. Because unfortunately, that happens too often. And I know you and I experienced that on a number of different levels. You know, we knew, everybody knew that this kid shouldn't be playing where he's playing. But daddy was the coach. And what the players didn't respect the kid for that. I told my son I would never put him in a situation like that. However, I pushed a little too hard. And, uh, you know, some things didn't go right. However, I caught it before it was too late. Told him, hey, buddy, I was just doing the best I could do. I goofed up. And parents, talk to your kids. You know the number one reason for divorce? Number one reason for kids not uh, liking their parents? Poor communication. What's Poor a, communication. That's a problem in all walks of life. Absolutely. You know? Communicate. Um, and, Jimmy, you, you said something the other day which I thought was absolutely wonderful. Um, we're talking about you get the, the, the kids aren't going to be perfect in society. They're going to mess up. They are. We just ask, my, my three core values are honor, integrity, and respect. Make sure you honor yourself, make sure you respect yourself and others, and then have integrity in what you're doing. So you'd mentioned about, uh, I don't know if it was your son or a, a friend of yours, a son who had some trouble with law enforcement, and of course he got one side, and, uh, and what Jim had said is, look, you stop it right then and there. You don't let something that's a little bitty uh, seed grow into this big plant. You don't let it grow right then and there. You say, you know what, son, come on down here. We're going to go to the police station and we're going to find out what exactly happened. So therefore, you've got the officer that apparently said this and you got your son who said the officer said this and you get the reality. If the officer was wrong, you know, he's going to own up to it. If your son, which chances are it was him, over-exaggerated the story, then he's going to own up to it. But what you've done is you've let them know right off the bat, you know what, what you said to me isn't going to fly. If you're telling the truth, that's fine. But if you exaggerated here, now we're going to find out. But what you did was communication, and you instilled the honor, the integrity, and the respect of that. So you've laid a foundation that he's going to know. My dad's going to call me out on this, but he also knows that dad cares enough to do it. You know what? I got to tell you, um, we're out of time, but you know, you're three blocks from here. So I plan on using you at, <laughs> at, at will because I tell you, this has been – this flew by. I mean, we're at 40 minutes. Oh, my. It, it flew by, and you you have such a great outlook on everything, but it's an honest outlook, and it's a real outlook. So, you know, if you don't mind, man, I'd like to bring you on from time to time. But before you go, I want you to make sure all our listeners know where they can catch up with Rich Grogan. Well, awesome, Jimmy. Thank you very, very much for having me on uh, the show today. And, and, and parents and kids out there that are listening um, – I'm always going to be honest. Sometimes you're not going to want to hear it, but most of the time, the things you don't want to hear, the things are the things that I'm going to say that you really need to hear. And that's look inside yourself here. Take a step back. So where you can find me at is uh, uh, Rich Grogan, uh, the Kicking Life Guru, uh, Grogan's Academy of Martial Arts, which is here in Edwardsville, Illinois. We've got uh, classes five days a week, seven classes a night, and our whole uh, what we try and instill, and it's the off season for baseball right now, is help on the mental game there. 
Believe in yourself, respect yourself, always doing your very best, but we're building leaders that stand out in society. Yes, we work on the body control. Yes, we work on the emotions. Yes, we work on the focus and concentration, but far deeper than that, we work on building members that stand out in society, respectful members of society. You can also find me on uh, on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, I've got our podcast, which is starting up. Our podcast is Kickin' Life podcast.com um, on uh, social media. I've got Kickin' Life Guru, Rich Grogan Kickin' Life Guru is a page, and then our Grogan's Martial Arts page. And of course, all the hashtags and all those good things out there. So thank you very much, Jim, for having me uh, on today. This has been a pleasure. Let me tell you, great stuff. Can't wait to have you gone again. Thank you. Like I said, thank you for inspiring me. And, and I'm telling you out there, if you give Rich a chance and catch up with him, whether it be through his podcast, uh, I love the videos you do. The face, you know, Facebook's so great anymore for that kind of stuff. I, well, and that's the thing. Uh, it, there's a lot of <laughs> yucky on Facebook. Sure. And I personally yeah. have to decipher through that as well. But uh, select it wisely. Uh, you can find those uh, the video blogs. I film one a week, and they're all about upbeat motivation and helping you I believe in yourself. Well, thank you very much. I love them. That's Rich Grogan, the Kickin' Life Guru. Uh, very, <laughs> I'm blessed to have him uh, as a friend, but also as a resource for you guys out there because I truly uh, believe in him only because I know him. And again, I, I'm not here to say who out there in this big world is is for real and not for real, who's doing it for this or who's doing it for that. Um, you know, I've become uh, reacquainted myself with Rich to the point where I'm glad our friendship uh, sustained all those years when we didn't see one another. I think a lot of him as a man, as a person, and as a friend, and it, you know, it's great to have good memories. But the reality of it is, is that I know Rich well enough that you know, as we've gotten caught back up, He's just like you and I. He's had. Uh, he's not afraid to talk about the failures that he's had in his own life in his recent years because that's the only way you progress. It's the only way you grow. Uh, I think sometimes guys like whether it be Rich or myself or somebody that has a microphone in front of their face or a camera, when we talk to you about subjects that you're obviously interested in and you've sought out to, for whatever reason, you need help, you're confused, you don't know, somebody turns you onto it, it can come across as somebody talking down at you. I promise you we are not doing that here. The whole goal of my show each and every week is always just to inform listeners. Uh, that's why I asked Rich to be on because I feel like it's an information segment that we don't get enough of. Uh, I think we're all out here, uh, and this is why I started the show, we're all out here looking for the perfect answer to how do I help my son be a better hitter? How do I help him be a better pitcher? How do I make him faster? How do I make him stronger? How do I get him to the big leagues? How do I get him a scholarship? Those are the wrong questions. Those what? are the wrong questions. We need to make better kids, kids that can yes, take sir. care of themselves, kids that can grow, kids that can mature and become who they are. We're here to support him, guys, at the end of the day. So I love Rich. Um, I'm, I'm going to use him uh, as much as he'll want to come on and talk and, and help me out as I, I push this message. But, again, uh, to know him as a person is is to be very lucky. So I thank him for coming on. We're going to take thank a you. quick break. Uh, thanks, Rich. Appreciate well, you. Uh, everybody listening out there, you got a great resource in Jim Cromer. He's definitely reaching out, trying to help have find people that can help you become the very best you can be as well. That's Rich Grogan, the Kickin' Life Guru. We're going to take a short break. Uh, again, you're here on Youth Baseball Talk. Uh, brought to you by the Rope Trainer, and as Hall of Famer John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. And again, I say it all the time, if you have not, Google the John Smoltz Hall of Fame speech. He takes one of the most important moments of his life and addresses the youth arm epidemic. He thinks enough of it that it's made it his life, his new life, and I love it. And uh, not a better guy I could think of. Short break. See you guys on the other side.
Attention coaches, parents, and student athletes. Here at Youth Baseball Talk, one of the most common emails we receive from mom and dad are about the college recruitment and selection process. Far too often, these emails do not have happy endings. Let me tell you about our friend Mark Lineweaver in Perfect Placement. Perfect Placement identifies and helps you with important decision-making factors which are way too often overlooked in the college recruitment process. Such as, is it the right student body size for you? Is it a comfortable proximity from your home? Do they offer your desired field of study? How about extracurricular activities that interest you? And of course, the proper level of competition for your skill set. Once they've identified these factors, they will contact those colleges and speak directly to the coaching staff in an effort to help you. To learn more about Perfect Placement, simply check out their website, perfectplacement.com. That's placement with a Y. To contact them, you can email them at info at perfectplacement.com. Remember, that's placement with a Y. Call 310-921-8669 for more information. That's 310-921-8669. Perfect Placement, specializing in assisting your student-athlete. All right, guys, thanks for sticking with us through that break. And special thanks to Rich Grogan. He's such an inspirational guy. Uh, He's been a good friend uh, for many years. It's interesting when you don't connect with somebody for that period of time, but you still feel like they're a great friend uh, because not only has he changed – uh, for the better. I mean, he just was never a guy that I would feel needed to change anything about him. So to hear him talk kind of off camera about his own issues and things that the, that he that he's overcome to to try to be the best person he can try to be is just inspirational to me. And uh, some of his outlooks on life in general and, and how they relate to sports are just, in my opinion, just great. So make sure you check him out. The at Kickin' Life Guru. Love him. He's a great guy, great human being. Uh, very proud to have him on the show today. Uh, each and every week, uh, we bring you this gentleman and his theory of baseball, Domingo Ayala, his lighter side, his humorous takes. Uh, sometimes they do have a great message in them, and the the message that I always want people to have is obviously to have fun with the game of baseball, enjoy it, learn it, you know, try to make it part of what you're doing if it's that important to you. Uh, and each and every week he's brought to you by the Pitch Hitter. These folks over at the Pitch Hitter, in my opinion, have come up with a great product, thepitchhitter.com. It's an Great thing for young kids that just want to throw strikes. Uh, you know, when Rich was talking here, we talk about the mental side of the game. Uh, you know, when the parents and the coaches are yelling at kids to throw strikes, again, they are trying to throw strikes. Let's support them. Let's not make it any harder than it has to be. But at the same time, we do want to work at it, right? Check out thepitchhitter.com. It's a fantastic training device for kids. It's extremely movable. You can take it anywhere. They can practice anytime. You can play some fun games with it. You can use it. But at the end of the day, I promise you, if you use this thing on a consistent basis, it is going to help your little slugger throw more strikes. So without waiting any longer, let's hear from Domingo Ayala and his theory of baseball. Hi, Jim. How you doing? It's good to be back on the show. And thanks to the pitch hitter for making this happen. Now I see the other day they come out with the finalists for the MVP award. This is a time of the year when people debate about if the MVP should be only from a good team or if he's just the best player in the league. First of all, let me tell you something. Back where I'm from, it's no debate. I win it every time. In fact, now they call it the Domingo Award. But over here it's different. I think the most valuable player should be the best player in the league. For example, if you want to start your own team, who your first pick going to be? Because it's not the player's fault if he's on a bad team. Why you have to punish him? It's an individual award. And sometimes it's easier to put up good number if you want a good team 
because you know how to face your own pitching. The guy on the bad team have to face all the good pitcher. He should get some credit for that. Maybe one day they can end the debate by just making another award called the BPOAGT award. That stands for best player on a good team award. Anyway, that's what I think. You know, it would be a lot easier if I was in the league because then I would just win it every time. Thanks again to the pitch hitter for having me on the show. Make sure you check out the product and maybe one day it can make you an MVP. Great stuff as always from Domingo and special thanks again to the pitch hitter, thepitchhitter.com. Don't be semi-pro, be big time. Let's take it on over to my man Justin Stone and his EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week. Very fortunate to have Justin on each and every week, and I do encourage you to check out EliteBaseball.tv. Justin, take it away. Thanks, Jim. And this is Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv coming to you with the tip of the week. And recognizing that a lot of listeners of this podcast are probably dads or coaches themselves, I want to today speak directly to you. Today we're going to coach coaches. And there's so much in the coaching industry, if you think about it, that goes into negative criticism of players. We're always trying to bring about some sort of change with our players for the better. Our intentions are good, but usually comes out when the player does something in air, something that we think that they can do a little better. So today I'm going to come with you two things. Things that you can do as you get ready to start your off-season practices to promote positive changes in a positive way with your players. And number one, the energy you bring to practice. I hear all the time, and this is usually with older players, oftentimes we hear coaches upset at the end of the game of that we didn't play hard enough today, and that was the reason for our loss. Or we didn't bring enough energy to the field. We're not communicating enough. It becomes very stale at practice or in a game setting. We played very flat. You hear all those negative connotations that come associated usually with a loss. How can we bring about energy with our players and have them bring that same self-confidence and energy every practice and game? One, show energy yourself. When I come to the field every day, I have a challenge for my players to out-energy me. I'm going to bring that type of enthusiasm to my practice and games and watch it spread throughout your team like wildfire. It will. But if you're the guy that comes and sits on a bucket, if you're the guy that's going to sit off to the side and fold your arms and criticize your players in negative connotation, you're going to have players that, one, are going to resist that, they're not going to have positive energy, and you're going to see their performance begin to decline. So the second piece of that is I want to recognize what players do well. So again, we're going into criticizing players when we want them to be better at something. So point out the positive things that they're doing. And I try to do this in a hitting scenario quite a bit. For instance, I have a player that's having a hard time staying on the baseball with his front side. His tempo is poor. He's flying off the ball and getting around things. That one swing where I can get him to slow down his tempo or maintain his scap load. I want to point out right there, that is the positive swing or the positive rep that I want him to continue on into future reps. Stop it there on a positive one and tell him what he did well specifically. When you get into specific positive feedback, it goes further than negative feedback against something you're trying to change. So point that out with your players. Again, even when players are in a good streak, I think that's one of the most positive times you can also get a coaching moment out of. Think about what a player does when they're going really well. Usually, they're not thinking at all. 
it becomes very easy to them. So stop them at that point and say, why do you feel like it's so easy for you right now? Are you thinking a hundred different mechanical things in the batter's box? Are you thinking about your footwork approaching the ground ball? Or are you just being an athlete, clearing your mind, and letting your body react to the things it's been trained to do? So players, when they find that really good streak, whether it's defense or offense, point out that it's easy because they're letting their body just react. And when we can do that as an athlete, oftentimes that's when we're at our best. We're not paralyzing ourselves with too many mechanical thoughts during competition. That's usually when it tends to go awry. So I think we need to point out positive influences on why our players are succeeding as much as when they're not succeeding. So that's my two things for you coaches this week. Bring energy to practice. If you want your players to play with enthusiasm, excitement for the game, and come that way every single day, you better do it yourself. Number two, point out positive things in your players' performance and it's going to go a lot further than your negative criticism on their actions. See more coaching points like this at EliteBaseball.tv. And until next week, this is Justin Stone, and we'll see you on the field. Great stuff as always from my man Justin and the guys up at EliteBaseball.tv. Catch those guys on all the social media platforms as they're always doing great things within the game of baseball, revolutionizing, teaching, spreading their message. Awesome stuff as always. Appreciate you guys being part of the show. Uh, let's hear now from my good friend over here, right here in local St. Louis, Missouri with the St. Louis Pirates and his blast motion tip of the week, the hitting guy himself, Rick Strickland. Rick, take it away. Hey, Jim. Thanks for having me back on the show again this week. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about what we've been developing over at the Swing Rehab Lab. Uh, basically, it's kind of narrowed down our hitting program down in three categories and this is based upon 30,000 swings that we've been able to gather with the blast sensor at the big league level. Uh, currently I'm using it in-house with, uh, with a couple of uh, big league guys that I have here from around the country and definitely got my first St. Louis Cardinal uh, player, uh, I'm going to be getting my first St. Louis Cardinal player or major league player on board to work out uh, this winter. But really, we kind of look at the swing in three components. Uh, we look at it as far as uh, number one, getting a bat path to be on plane. That is, in my view, the number one reason that gives you an opportunity to, to hit a variety of pitches, um, uh, to keep the sweet spot of the bat on the plane of the ball instead of having it move all over the place. And secondly, we want to be rotationally efficient. And now, we're talking about the rotation of a swing. People ask me, am I rotational or linear? People have to understand that there's both components. We need to create momentum both linearly and rotationally in the swing, but there is a, a sequence in which the body needs to, to conduct itself to do this at the uh, optimal rotation fashion. The third thing we talk about is being able to build speed. I mean, we have a lot of sensors out there and they really focus on bat speed and people think that building bat speed is important. But it really is the manner in which you build that swing speed that makes the swing efficient. I had a discussion a couple weeks ago with uh, uh, the minor league hitting coordinator of a, of a major league club and he had asked me, he had some conflicting uh, thoughts on uh, the, the speed and how it, bat speed and how it, it played to uh, how hard you hit the ball. And uh, he had a kid out there that was swinging the bat speed at 68 and he had a kid that was swinging it at 80 miles an hour. Uh, and he said that there was a problem. His old technology that he was using, anytime the bat speed was, was, was a particular number, uh, the exit speed in the match. But the blast sensor uh, and, or any type of sensor for that matter, 
really doesn't predict how hard you'll hit it. Uh, you really kind of need uh, to understand what the smash factor is in that. And what I mean by that, what I could tell this director was that a kid that swung the bat with a lot less speed uh, and hit the ball harder probably was more proficient at being able to take the sweet spot of the bat and being able to compress the ball. So that's a skill component that's being able to be rotationally efficient and be able to take the barrel and put it on plane uh, and be able to hit the ball harder in that regard. And so those are the type of things that we work on here in Swing Rehab. We're developing a really comprehensive uh, evaluation uh, method that people can come in and get their swing evaluated and then uh, take it back to the instructor. And then secondly, they'll be able to, if they, they, they're looking for additional help, be able to reach us through our online training program as well. I just wanted to put that out there, Jim. I'll talk a little bit more about that on next week's show. Uh, but thanks for having me. I look forward to speaking to you next week. If you, you want us, go out to Rick Strickland Baseball or SandLotElite.com. Thank you. Great stuff as always, Rick. Really appreciate you each and every week being a contributor to Youth Baseball Talk. Uh, very fortunate to have everybody involved in the show that does it each and every week. And, of course, guys that come on the show each week like Rich Grogan and some of the great guests we have that uh, come on and give us their honesty as well as their opinion. It means a lot to me and, and helps me uh, relate really to everybody and what they're doing out there and what they're trying to accomplish. So uh, very, uh, very fortunate to have guys like that at my disposal. Uh, I encourage you again to make sure you check out uh, thepitchhitter.com. Great item for young players out there that are just trying to learn how to throw more strikes. Uh, of course, I love EliteBaseball.tv. It's, it's such a great training tool uh, for coaches, players, parents. Uh, make sure you check out Rick Strickland. Uh, Rick Strickland Baseball is just a great instructor. He does a lot of stuff on Facebook so you can learn about the swing. Uh, and, of course, Blast Motion brings him each and every week. It's a great new tool. Uh, very similar products on the market. I really like Blast Motion. And of course, the show couldn't be possible without my friends at the Rope Trainer. Again, Earl Perrin, uh, Chris Verna, and John Smoltz. It's a wonderful product that I think you're going to see in bullpens all across the country more and more and more. Let's save those young arms, uh, ladies and gents. It's a great product. Make sure you check it out, theropetrainer.com. For my producer, Brian, for all the group here at lineupmedia.fm, I encourage you to check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com. Check out our back episodes. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, at Podcast Baseball is our Twitter handle. Uh, when you go to Facebook, you can just search Youth Baseball Talk, of course. Love all the emails. I get more and more emails each and every week. Info at YouthBaseballTalk.com. Very important to me that I get those because I want to make sure I'm talking about all the things you guys want to hit on. And, of course, subscribing to the show is the easiest way to stay in tune with what we're doing here. Uh, you can go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or any of the major podcast outlet and just click subscribe. It is free. I recommend just going to youthbaseballtalk.com. We have buttons on there to subscribe to the show. Very easy to do. Uh, whoever your network provider is, you can click on the necessary button. It'll walk you right through it. Very, very simple to do. Please don't forget that another way you can support the show is just to uh, do all your shopping through Amazon, through our website. All you got to do is scroll down a little bit, hit the Amazon, do your shopping. doesn't cost you anything. We get a little referral to help keep us on the air. And you guys have been doing that, and I do appreciate it. For my producer, Brian, I'm your host, Jim Cromer, and we will see you guys next week. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at podcastbaseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm.
This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.